this is a PSA to all magicians. Every time you go up to a person and say, would you like to see a magic trick? People have the right to say no, and you do not have the right to get offended. That's the whole point of the question. And I have, and there's a story that relates to this. Before we get to the story, I'm interviewing Xavier Spade, and he actually talks about that in this interview, where he talks about how people need to be better at engaging people, just generally speaking, because that question kind of sucks. But let me get to the story. So I was at the Trix Magic Convention a couple of months ago, which, if you are into close-up magic, you should go to this convention next year. It's phenomenal. It's hosted by Scott Robinson, and he does an incredible job. He pulls you know, some of the best close-up magicians to come and lecture, and the lectures are amazing. And then the final show is awesome, too, because um, it's just, it's a small room that they're performing, and so it's very intimate experience. And so you really get this up-close um, show of, like, some of the best close-up magic. It was great. Okay, so I'm at the Tricks Magic Convention. I'm standing in a circle, and I'm with Lauren. Eric, Kyle, and this other guy, I think his name might have been Chris, not entirely sure. Anyways, so Lauren and I were in our own conversation, and she was showing me text messages on her phone. So we're both peering over her phone together, completely engaged in that. And this guy walks up and is like, hey, can I show you something? I don't even really hear him because we're in the middle of a conversation, and so I kind of assume he's talking to the guys because they weren't really talking. And... Um, it gets really quiet. And so I look up from the phone and I realize he's facing us. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry, what? And he's like, oh, I wanted to show you something unless I'm interrupting. And I'm like, oh, you're interrupting. And then I go back to talking to Lauren and this guy gets mad. Like, he's like really annoyed that I just said you're interrupting, even though he's the one interrupting me, which is crazy. I honestly couldn't get past that. So he turns to the guys and he has this like, dollar bill that he's like cut the mouth out and then put a new mouth on so he can make George Washington talk and he tells some like cute little story that's supposed to be funny but it wasn't so all three guys kind of like stood there and were like uh oh okay and he was like wow usually people laugh when I show this and they were like uh, uh well I mean all right like and he's just so unbelievably offended that the three guys didn't laugh and they're like well we don't really want to fake it and again Magicians, like, if it's not funny, like, we shouldn't have to laugh. Or if it's not interesting, you know, like, you should be thankful when someone doesn't laugh at your joke or, you know, doesn't react to your magic. Because that means go back to the drawing board and figure it out. But secondly, what I came to realize is that he came up to show me and Lauren specifically, not the guys, because he was like, oh, two girls. I have this cute little thing. And, you know, girls like things that are cute. No, no, I don't. I understand I'm a female, but just because something's cute, I'm not probably gonna, like, I'm not gonna like it. I don't, I don't give a shit about cute stuff. So please don't assume things just because I'm a female. And when he showed it to me later, it was, it just sucked. Like, it was shitty. It wasn't magic. It was just like this shitty, like, gimmicky thing that he did that was, like, I don't know, a little bit. And it was dumb. It wasn't funny. It wasn't interesting. Like, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not, you know... So if you see me at a convention and you want to show me a magic trick, I'm going to give you a real reaction. Just because I'm a female doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, act in a different way. Because I really feel like magicians think that if they go show a female, that at the very least, like, we're going to be like, oh, cool or cute or whatever. And just because we're women, what, we're going to be nice? No, 
No, if it's bad magic, it's bad magic. So I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of being shown bad magic. And then when either the person's either A, offended that I didn't react, when no, that's your job, not mine, or B, they're offended if like they come up and ask and I'm like, hey, not right now, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Like I, I've been interrupted by multiple magicians while I'm talking to another person. Don't do that, this is a PSA, stop doing that. That's bad behavior. It doesn't work anywhere else. Like you, you, you should wait. Like you don't interrupt people when they're talking just to like tell a story, but somehow showing me a magic trick, it makes it okay to interrupt me. No, not okay. If you're going to do magic tricks at a convention, um, practice it. Make sure you've already practiced it a ton before you go up and show other magicians. Stop assuming that as a female, I'm not going to know what the trick is because I've had so many people show me a magic trick and think like, oh, she's pretty much a lay person. She won't know how to do this. I've been going to lectures now for a while. I know how a lot of things are done. I don't personally perform. That doesn't mean I don't know how it's done. So don't do bad and shitty magic. I'm not going to appreciate it. And I'm going to be honest. Now, I will say on the side, if you are working on something and you want feedback and you just happen to come to me because you want my feedback, that's that's a totally different ballgame. I totally understand when magic is kind of rough because you're still working that out. That's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about something where you're just doing a cheap trick and trying to get me to react. I don't like that. I don't have time for that. So yeah, if you're here and you don't know where you are right now, this is the slided podcast. I kind of, I don't think anyone's going to get here accidentally, but yeah, this is a slide podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. And today I am interviewing Xavier who I just really enjoy as a friend and really, I really enjoy talking to him and love what he has to say. And so let's go ahead and just jump right on into that. Oh, real quick note. I think I'm gonna start doing PSAs now and uh, stories about, you know, bad magic and how you could start doing better because I've got opinions, I need to start sharing them. So you're releasing trailer on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And then when you release the trailer, does that also mean people can purchase? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't like putting a trailer out that is like you know coming soon, mm-hmm. right? Like, shut up. People, this is a trailer. When the trailer's out, you buy it. Okay. That's it. Simple. Nice. And then do they buy it directly from you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't deal with any other companies anymore. And... I'm I'm done with that. I'm I'm done with a lot of the magic company side of magic companies. You know, I'll hang out with people. Yeah. We'll we'll do some things, but I'm not gonna have them do stuff for me anymore because it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But then, do people end up buying your product off of you? Like, do other like Penguin Magic or Murphy's? Oh nope. No, I don't. I don't give it to them. I tried to give it to Penguin, but Penguin never got back to me, and it ended up being me chasing them, and it wasn't worth it for, mm-hmm. me, for a, a percentage of my money. Like, gotcha. You know? And then Murphy's I had issues with, so I didn't, I don't deal with them anymore. Nice. Nice. So do you also, besides, like, producing your magic, do you do lectures as well? 
Yeah, I'm actually doing one right after Magi Fest. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I'll be doing one at this place called Haynes House of Cards in Cincinnati. <laughs> the best house of cards in Cincinnati. Yeah. Is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I do I do lectures, um, meetups, uh, I consult and put out products and uh, I'm a professional cat singer. Oh. But, so I could sing any song in the world with meows. <laughs> if you didn't. I'm assuming though you have to pay top dollar to hear your cat. I singing. can't even give you a preview <laughs> without a ten thousand dollar deposit. That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll ask my subscribers <laughs> to go ahead and start putting some money together. <laughs> It'll probably take like a couple years, so I'll get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. So, I wanted to start with your life growing up before we get into magic. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Jamaica, Queens. Okay. Jamaica by the beach. No. I was going to say, I don't know what Jamaica, Queens. I know what Queens is, <laughs> but Jamaica, Queens? Yeah, Jamaica, Queens. Yeah, it's Actually, Jamaica is most of Queens. Really? You, okay. Yes. Is it called that... Because, like, is it reflection of... I, I mean, I don't know why they call it that. Like, uh, the place I live, Hollis, mm-hmm. is part of Jamaica. Okay. And then, you know, you have all these different areas. But if you look at what Jamaica is on a map of Queens, it's actually most of Queens. Okay. Is considered Jamaica. Gotcha. And you still live in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, do you have siblings? I do not. I'm an only child. Oh, interesting. You only made one of this idiot. Yeah, I am. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I feel, I pity you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what did, let's see, what, um, what did your parents do growing up? That's, uh, things like that I, I don't talk too much about okay. because I was, it wasn't really good growing up. Yeah. Gotcha. And, you know, it kind of led me to do certain things in my life that I'm not proud of, but magic got me out of it, so. Okay. You know. <laughs> How old were you so that, when you got into magic, then? Oh, jeez. 16? Okay. Right? Maybe? Maybe a little <laughs> younger? I don't remember, man. I'm so... It. See, at that point in my life... You know, I'll I'll talk about this. I was in a gang. Mm-hmm. I was selling drugs. I was doing all that stuff, and uh, you know, I was just doing a lot of the wrong things, and I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, my mother was in the hospital, dying, and I saw a kid do some some magic, and things happened, mm-hmm. and I. I left the gang, I stopped selling drugs, I, I did my first legit gig. First first legit dollar ever made in my life was because of magic. Wow. Yeah. And uh, fast forward and now I'm just another, I'm still a fat guy from here. So <laughs> nothing's changed, except I don't do that bad stuff anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, alright, I don't know if my memory is correct, but did you also work as a paramedic for a period of time? Yeah, so uh, for a short period of time, uh, seven years, because... That's, that's not 
that short. Seven years? Yeah, when you get older, right? Like, seven years is just like a blink of an eye. But when you're under 30, it's like seven years. That's like forever, man. Yeah, it, it wasn't that long. It was seven years. I, I was a paramedic and, and a paramedic instructor. Gotcha. Well, I haven't committed uh, to a job for more than two years yet, so... Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, do, I jump around. I'm a job just whore. Do <laughs> just do magic. Just do magic. I don't do so. magic. I know. I'm just saying. Just, that's that's <laughs> the goal, right? The goal is the top change. You have to do the best top change. Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> See, that's this is my gimmick, is that I'm an outsider talking to magicians. So I actually don't have any desire really to do magic, but I am kind of a magic enthusiast. So I enjoy going to conventions, going to lectures, learning it. Eric even taught me like a bunch of stuff and I performed once and I had a good time. And then I was like, all right, that was it. One one and done. I'm out. (laughs) And and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it wasn't something I'm like, okay, I want to continue to do this and perform. Right. Which, you know, is well, I mean, too bad, cool. right? Because we have, like, no female magicians, practically. So few. Yeah. But... I, I'm not going to talk too much about the female magician thing. I, I'm, I have very strong ideas about that. And I don't want to piss anybody off too much. But um, I don't think there's many female magicians who have much to talk about anyway. Yeah. Well, why do you think there's not many female magicians? What will you say? I'm curious about why there's not. Well, I don't. I, I don't know why there's oh, not okay. so many female magicians. But I, what I will say about the female magicians is that they talk above they what they are. Gotcha. Okay. I feel you. You know, they want all this respect. They want all this other stuff, but they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't have currently a female magician that stands out in the way like i don't know skill wise no yeah yeah absolutely not yeah gotcha that's you know and and i have female magician friends and and i would say the top of the top and actually i should take that back there is one and her name is suzanne i think i'm here what's her last name suzanne the magician oh that's what right she goes oh, yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. Right. All right. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Gotcha. She's awesome. And, you know, she she's she's a hard worker. She's got some great stuff. And I would say of all the female magicians that I've ever seen, she is the top. Gotcha. Nice. And she's a, she's a hustler. I was Skyping with her one day, showing her something. She had a broken foot. <laughs> okay. And in the middle of that, she goes, oh, Xavier, I have to let you go. I have to go to my gig. And she did a walk-around gig with a broken foot. Oh, wow. All right. That's awesome. Like, like legit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So she's, yeah, that's that's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Do you do but, but yeah. much walk-around right now or no? Okay. So, so the thing is, uh, everybody kind of knows or some people know that I do, like, hardcore slides. Mm-hmm. Right? But what most people don't know is I do that for fun. Okay. Uh, my paid stuff, I do mentalism and hypnotism. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you did any of that. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see... Are you doing that mostly then, like, in New York? Do you travel around to do... Uh, you know, corporate stuff. Okay. And, you know, team building stuff. But that's just... That's that's work. This is... 
the magic. Fu- okay, so the sleight of hand is like the fun. Let's just right. Th- that's where I get to be. You know, yeah. I get to I get to be meta. I get to try out ideas because there's no money involved. You know, everybody thinks that magic is about a gig, but when you have a gig, there's money involved, and you have limitations and rules and can cannot. But if I'm doing it on my own, nobody could tell me anything. Right. And that's where magic happens, not at the gig. Okay. What can you tell me, like, so mentalism kind of fascinates me, and it seems like there'd be some overlap with psychology, or a lot of overlap with that. So. Well, I mean, the thinking of a, of a magician is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to accomplish something. You want somebody to experience that void. Mm-hmm. But how you go about it, cards, coins, mind tricks, that's what differs. Gotcha. Okay. But, so, I don't know. What? Give me an example of what you would do if you were performing mentalism. Like, what are you trying to... So, I... So what my thinking behind mentalism, you know, like I can't give you a, if a thing that I would do because the way I think about mentalism defines my show. Okay. Right. So the way I think about mentalism is, um, it's about giving people the illusion of complete freedom, mm-hmm. but being in control the entire time. So my show is set. Before I start, I know what's going to happen. I know who's going to pick what, what they're going to say, what they're going to write, everything. And the rest of the show is just me letting people believe that they had the choices that they had okay. to get to those things. Gotcha. And then it's just revelations, you know? Right. Right. Okay. Wait, Aside from hypnotism. I forgot. My first question was supposed to be how do you spell your first name? Because it's different... On Facebook yeah. and then on Instagram. So, yeah. It's different everywhere except for Facebook. Facebook is E-R. Everywhere else is O-R. So is it O-R then? It is O-R. Yes. Which one did I pick? I think I picked the wrong one then when I was saying I was going to have a... I was going to do a podcast with Xavier. I think I wrote I the know. Facebook one. <laughs> I think I chose the Facebook one because I was like, that one makes the most sense. Since... No. Why would you spell it different on Facebook? Because it's a group of names. It's not mine. I made a name out of a, pe- a group of people that I started getting serious with magic with. Okay. What group of names? One of them is Xavier. Ian, Oscar, me, Raul. Uh, Victor. Right? Okay. I think that's everybody. Right? Xavier. Yeah. So Oscar passed away. Okay. So... This is kind of my way of remembering that little group. and right? Okay. So, do you go by different names depending on where you are? Or do you just go by Xavier? No. Xavier. Okay. That's it. How long have you, you know, gone by Xavier hmm? for? Oh, man. Uh, t- at least 12 years. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of made it my stage magic thing. So, it's Xavier Spade, that's it. So, there's a lot of magicians that do that is that a weird transition though to go from one name to another no we all do it you know if you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend they call you babe right mm-hmm. your friends call you a nickname and it's it's just that it's just forcing a nickname on yourself yeah 
Nice. Okay. You know? Gotcha. Like don't like don't call me Michael. Call me call me Mitch, damn it. <laughs> it's Mitch. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Mitchell. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's all it is. Makes sense. And for me, for me, it was just a way to start taking things seriously because, you know, I grew up in the hood and people would call my cell phone. I'm like, yo, what's going? You know, and I would go into it. <laughs> but if somebody said uh, Xavier, I'd be like, oh, yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> yeah, so when you hear the name, you know who you have to be. <laughs> yeah, it's an identifier. Yeah. For sure. Be professional. Do you still – okay, yeah. is that something you, like – do you feel you have to censor yourself when it comes to your, when you're putting stuff out, like content online or? Of course. Okay. Of course. I mean, <laughs> everybody's a different person behind closed doors, right? Right. Like we say things way off on one side or the other. And, you know, I, I like to leave a lot of things out of my, what I put out because no one care, no one should care or care about my politics Right. Mm -hmm. And, and frankly, I don't care about anybody else's. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like that mutual thing. And some of the things I say, I, I've had to learn to control myself just overall. And, but when I'm not in front of the camera or I'm not doing anything paid, there's no reason for me not to be completely free with my friends. Right. Know? Right. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes, no, that makes sense. Like, well, I, I think I keep, I meet different magicians and there's a different level. Everyone, I feel like, has their own level of, like, professionalism they feel like they have to keep. Like, there's some people that, mm -hmm. like, I met with one magician who met with me specifically, like, in a suit and tie and was very, very, like, so I've, mm -hmm. I've like, yeah, so I've, yeah, exactly. Look at that shit. It's awesome. Cat on top of a dinosaur <laughs> shooting burgers and lasers. Come on. Yeah. Right. So there's like these varying levels <laughs> of like how you feel like you have to present yourself. So. Well, I mean, like I've created. Uh, when I first started doing magic, I used to do like birds and canes really? and stage magic. Yeah. I used to do car, uh, manipulation and parasols. Like I went through that whole phase. I, I, then I found a guy who had illusions and. He would let me use them, so I did, like, bigger illusions. And I was like, man, I hate dancing on stage. Yeah. I can't do this anymore, you know? To show two sides of a napkin, I had to go through this weird dance, right? And it was just like, this is not me. So I started doing stand-up comedy for a while. Really? Yeah. And that taught me a lot about being a, a personality, right? A lot of magicians think that the shit they do on stage is magic and they just look like a weird person doing hokey moves. Right, right. And then right. they wait for this. They're, oh, yeah. Because if <laughs> you want to develop your stage presence of who you want to be and how you want to present yourself, right? Is... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, who I am when I perform is not me in real life, you know, right. like, aside from a performance, but it's really close. Right. It's really close, and it took a long time to be comfortable with what I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a suave, slim, good-looking, upper echelon person. I'm a fat Spanish guy from the hood who's rough, can't speak right, you know, says the wrong things. That's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I like that. I like when people embrace who they are and then fit it into like their performance or show or whatever they're doing. Cause I've right. seen 
I think the worst magic I've seen tends to be when people don't know who they are and they're putting on, like, they're just being someone they're not. And then, like, it's always right. like, yeah, I don't, that's, it, I don't well, buy it because that's not you. You're, well, not only do are they being somebody they're not, but they're they don't even know what role they're playing. Yeah, they don't know if they're playing their character or if they're playing the narrator. And the 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 easiest example of that is: Have you ever seen a magician that can't find something while he's performing? Yeah, quote unquote. Right, right. They go through this process. They go, "Is it in this pocket?" Right. <laughs> then they tap, and then they lift their hand and they shake. No. <laughs> And then they go to the other pocket. Like, if I'm really look, looking for something, I was like, yo, where the fuck? Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? But they're narrating this, and it looks stupid and hokey. And that is what breaks the fiction and makes you go, yeah, this is dumb. Yeah. That's when it looks hokey. I agree. I agree. Right? Yeah. Now, I there's in, in, in a, I have like a, a stand-up piece that I do, and at one point, I do a switch with a deck of cards, and I do a, I, the switch came about as a challenge. Mm-hmm. The challenge was, how can I switch a deck of cards by dropping the cards? Okay. So behind a little stand, I put a deck of cards on the floor. I had somebody shuffle the cards, and at one point, I go to knock the cards off the table, and I just pick up the other deck. Oh, okay. Right? And the whole thing behind that is... You can't sit there and go, I seem to have dropped cards. Allow me to pick them up, right? Like, it's just got to be this thing. Like, Super, you're not gonna, oh. right. Right? And nobody figured it out. <laughs> Magicians didn't figure it out. Obviously, the, the audience didn't figure it out. Because I learned how to really mess something up. If you're going to drop something, drop it. If you're going to look for something, look for it. Right, right, right. I agree. Yeah, it has to be... You have to believe what you're doing. Like, it can't just... It can't be a performance. Like, personally, I don't believe that anything a magician does is natural. The way they handle their Mm -hmm. cards, their props, nothing is natural about them. Mm -hmm. But there are things that are natural, and that's how you react to the unexpected. Mm -hmm. There is a natural reaction that everybody has, and it's surprise. And if you can't recreate those natural things, you're definitely not going to look natural on stage. Right, right. Which is also what makes, like, a great actor... I mean, if you watch a movie, like, yeah. it has to be that they genuinely are believing what they do. Right. Do you still do stand-up at all or no? Nah. Did you enjoy it when you were doing it or? <laughs> a little bit. Um, it was it was actually a very sad world. There were some things that I saw that were really cool mm-hmm. that, I, uh, that I enjoyed. And then there was a lot that just made me go, man, I... I don't think my emotions can handle this group, right? Because you go to these underground comedy clubs or where these comedians meet up and everybody's got a patent paper, which is cool. And they're all working together, which is really great. And then they go on stage with their patent paper and they rattle off these jokes. But there's nothing beyond that for for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that's it's kind of like how it is with with most things. There's people who will actually do what's necessary. And a lot of people who work hard but not in the right places. Mm-hmm. And they don't go anywhere. But you're like, man, how are you paying your bills? <laughs> you, know, you know, like, oh. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I did it for a while. I did some stand-up sets. I opened for a few people. And it was a really cool experience. But at the end of the day, I wanted to do more magic than comedy. 
but comedy taught me a lot about misdirection. It taught me a lot about being saying something, not just talking for no reason, which a lot of magicians do. Because, of course, everything a magician says is important. Like, hit, pick a card. Now I'm putting it into the middle. Look, I'm shuffling because that's all necessary. <laughs> but it, it 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 did teach me a lot. That's actually and, and, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It, it was it was good for that. Yeah, right. I, it seems like. You know, I, the last person I interviewed was Garrett Thomas, and he did... Um, He's a terrible magician. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love Garrett. I was say, I'm pretty sure you're joking. Because nah. he's Garrett's pretty amazing. Garrett's one of my closest friends. Okay. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah he's he was telling stories about... Like, he did a a workshop for comedians on, like, just how to, like, build a set and, like, this whole... It's like a couple-day-long, like, process and how it helped him... And I think there's like, and then there was another magician that brought up stand up comedy. So there's like a lot of overlap and a lot you can learn. There with is. Like timing because and. What is this? What is a magic trick, right? It's. Forget about what, like, guys like Garrett. I love Garrett, but he's way too over the edge, in my opinion, on certain things. Like, you know, it's the moment of impossibility and astonishment that the... Like, jeez, dude, chill out, man. <laughs> what magic is, it's a it's a surprise moment, right? Right. It's a surprise of, that shouldn't happen. This isn't logical. Where did that... Right, there's some surprise. And this, the comedy is the same thing with words, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying something either super truthful that you didn't expect me to say, that you wanted to say, mm-hmm. or... Uh, you couldn't believe I said that because it's so over the edge. Right. 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 And that's what makes people go, it shuts them down, shuts them off, and then there's a reaction. And the reaction is an uncontrollable laugh. A true reaction in magic is shut down. There is no, sometimes it's laughter, sometimes it's just covering your face, right? But it's definitely not this. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, you want, yeah, you clap. You're right. Like clapping is just, you're not totally engaged when you clap. It's like, oh, that was... I feel like if you get just a clap, then it's... Then that just means, like, oh, all right, cool. Like, good job. Like, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But when you get, like, the shock or the, like, freak out moment, that's... Yeah, that's what you want. That's that's real. Yeah. Which I really, like, enjoy when I go to magic conventions when I have that experience. Because some, like... Now, it's hard. Yeah, no, I've been around it now for a while. I mean, <laughs> my brother yeah. got into magic when he was seven, and I would he would buy books and then he'd be done with it, and then I'd pick it up and read it. So I actually have like a decent amount of knowledge of like you know, I, a lot of times I can guess how something's done or understand yeah, yeah. it. Not obviously not a whole lot because I don't study it like with as passion like as everyone else kind of does but well yeah of course everybody has their limit yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm yeah i'm for sure i'm like in between like i get it but i don't really do it and it's fun um i want to let's i'm gonna pull up some of the questions that we got on instagram actually the first thing that you responded to i'm really just curious this is more for myself than anyone else when someone is asking (laughs) On Instagram about what second playing cards would look like, and then you were like, "That's a, that's Chris Ramsey's cards." Oh, those are he put out. Yeah, he put out a deck called the first his first or first playing cards, which aren't out yet. Oh, okay. And whenever I do a stream or something like that, the first thing people say to me is, "Do you have Chris's deck?" And nobody has Chris's deck because they're not printed yet. Gotcha. 
So that was sort of the... All right. So yeah, I was like, so, I have no idea what he's talking about. All right. Yeah, mo- most people believe that I am in control of Chris Ramsey and his actions, or I know every step he's taking. So they want to know about Chris Ramsey through me, and I just avoid it. You're like, <laughs> do people think the same thing about Chris Ramsey about you? I don't even know what that means. I'm saying people assume you know everything about Chris Ramsey. Does Chris Ramsey get well, questions about you then, or no? Yeah, okay. sometimes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's got a way bigger following than I do, so it happens less to him. But oh, okay. I got I get it. So people will ask you about his stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so like, let's just talk about Chris Ramsey for a little bit. Let's make yeah, this sure. all I'll about just, him because he's got I'll, a bigger I'll be, I'll following. And so like, yeah. obviously I care more about I'm going to be silent for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Um, I Did you hit? No, you didn't answer this. One that's okay. So someone asked, uh, when you make a tutorial video, how do you put yourself in the mind of the learner that will be watching to make sure you are meeting their needs? That's that's a good one. Um, so I tend to teach. I actually teach. I've taught a lot of people magic mm-hmm. in different ways, and it taught me a lot about what people don't understand about certain things. Mm-hmm. So there's like this adage, if, if you talk to people who've been in that side of magic for a while and you go to film something with them, they'll say, explain it like you're explaining it to a five-year-old. And to a point that's right, because you're explaining things that you do every day of your life to somebody who's never done it a day in their life. Okay. And that's how you have to look at it, right? But realistically, I try to teach things the way I would want to watch it. So if I can't watch the tutorial myself, mm-hmm. not even to learn, just to watch it, right? I, I don't put it out. So you want it to be engaging, not just informative. Engaging, informative, it has to look good, has to sound good, everything. Right. It can't okay. just be great information, bad quality. Right, right, right. And it can't be bad quality with great, it's got to be both. And then I would assume that before you put a tutorial out, you've already taught it to multiple people so you can already kind of anticipate questions right i mean well yeah i mean like the the thing i put up before the classic pass i've taught a lot of people slights in the past and i've learned a lot of the nuances and i paid attention to what i was doing and what other people were doing so i just expressed that mm-hmm. and now i'm putting out raise rise and all these different techniques in it and I taught a lot, some people raise rise, but it's one of those moves that takes time. But like I sent the explanation to about ten friends mm-hmm. who cannot do raise rise, <laughs> and Suzanne is one of them, mm-hmm. and she's starting to get it. And she's a very small woman with small hands, and she's getting it. And other people are getting it, and they send me videos like, "Yo, check this out." So that's a good sign for me that what I'm teaching is is okay mm-hmm. and and they're like you know it's very clear it's very, so once i get the, that feedback then i go all right i can put this out which i saw you do that at tricks raise rise and i really like that one that's really cool that was <laughs> like very cool like very visual <laughs> yeah. i like it okay let's see here what is the most important aspect in magic based on your own personal performance style so wait, let's see. Uh, 
Does that question make sense as is? Say it again. What is the most important aspect in magic based on your own personal performance style? It makes sense. It's just worded wrong. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How would you reword it? <laughs> if you take out based on your performance style, the question makes sense. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Just what is the most important uh, aspect of magic? Magic is a you. communication. It's a way of communicating. Correct. So the most important thing is communication. Can you hold a conversation? Can you engage somebody? Can you, you know, let that energy go back and forth? Uh, that is the most important part of magic because if you can't communicate, then there's no reason for somebody to waste their time on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And that kind of goes back to like what you were learning with stand-up comedy. Right. I mean, yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's just, if I want to show you an, a trick, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just come up to you and I go, Hey, you want to see a trick here? Pick a card, right? Like there's this thing that happens right it's, it feels like an attack and i'm pushing something that you may not want right mm-hmm. there's no there's no engagement there's nothing that says to you hey i'm interested in you or what you're doing it's kind of and i there's a magician from spain who I, i'm gonna steal this from his name is gabby Perez. most magicians perform magic like they're performing for their mothers <laughs> right mm-hmm. it's just Hey, mom, look at this. And they do all this stuff, right? Look at me, look at me. (laughs) Yes, exactly, right? And magicians don't understand that people aren't their mothers and they don't care about what they're doing. And the the spectator is not ready to watch what you're doing because you haven't let them get ready. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, You're catching them right out of the shower and want them to jump in the car with you to the store. Like, chill out for a second, talk to them, let them get a little piece of who you are Especially for close-up stages, a, a whole different type of performing. But there still has to be interaction. Mm-hmm. There still has to be a communication. And most people haven't understood that. They think what they do is enough, and you just become an awkward person doing weird things with strange objects. And do you have any like advice for people that are doing close-up on how to like how to approach the initial engagement with a person? Like what? Well, I think what's more important is how do you approach it without magic. Right. Go out, hang out with people, meet people, introduce yourself, talk, get, learn how to conversate and be around people, be social, then add magic. That's a good point. That's actually, and that actually takes time to learn and people don't realize that being, like being a good at conversation is like a learned Mm -hmm. ability. And that's my dad growing up was really like, he thought that was really important. So he taught us how to like walk up, shake someone's hand, look them in the eyes, introduce ourselves and like would make us just do that randomly. Cause he grew up painfully shy and didn't learn how to talk to people until he was much older. And he was like, I don't want that yeah. for you guys. And so I really, I, I didn't realize how I took that for granted. Important. Yeah. I took that yeah. for granted. That's something you have to learn. Cause then I'll meet people that just don't even know how to carry on a conversation. And it's really yeah. surprising to me. The real challenge is for magicians is walk out of your house without anything you do magically. Mm-hmm. And then make the goal That's, to go have a conversation with someone, right? I yeah, mean, I can't tell. I can't tell you how many. I don't. I don't actually walk around with that many things anymore, mm-hmm. and rarely do I ever put pull them out. I just don't. You know, I'd much rather 
hang out with somebody than sit there and entertain them for four hours. Like, no, I, I just want to, I want to be a person. Yeah. I don't want to be this thing all the time. Right. Right. I mean, that's so interesting. Cause like, depending on who I've interviewed, some people are like, always be prepared to perform. And then someone else says the complete opposite. So I think that also just depends on like your personality yep. too. Like what, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. What brings well, you. Well, I mean, you take a guy like Garrett who is amazing and he loves that thing, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is. And I like it too, but I don't want people to just define me as that thing. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to hire me, then that's all you care about. But most people are not trying to hire you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not trying to force that on people. Thankfully, I've worked myself into a situation that I don't have to do a lot of gigs anymore and I don't have to hustle out that side of magic, right? So I get to ha- I get to it now becomes my my fun place. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel like doing it, I don't have to do it. If I want to sit down and eat, I don't have to show you a trick with my knife and fork and float things. I can just eat. Yeah. And you and you can fuck off. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to stop here. I hope you've enjoyed the first half of the podcast with Xavier Spade, and next week we will get the second half. We had an hour and 15 minute long conversation, so I broke it up into 45 minute segments. Cool. See y'all next week.